email is a huge opportunity. It does a lot of things that social doesn't, and they can complement each other. I'm not saying um, ditch social media forever. I think there are ways to bring people on social to your email and also to provide some um, fun and insights and things on your social by sharing that with your email list. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm here with my friend Cheryl B. Engelhart. She is a composer and performing artist, winner of VH1 and Billboard Songwriting Awards. She's got the number one best-selling New Age album on iTunes and Amazon, and has a ton of expertise around how do you use email effectively as a musician. And, um, you know, email is one of those things where I feel like you probably get this a lot, Cheryl, people are like, like, email? Like, really? Is email important? So um, I know you're going to blow people's mind with today's interview. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Well, no, I'm super psyched. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, like I was just saying, I know, I think there's, there is this new wave of like really savvy mu- musicians who understand the principles of marketing and business. But for anyone who's watching this right now who might be thinking like, like email, like is email really that valuable as a musician? Isn't social media kind of way more important? Why is email important? Yeah, it's a super valid question. Um, and especially because there are so many courses and talks and things about social media and how to social media manage and how to even like runs run ads on social media. Like it's, it, they're big conversations. There's tons of resources out there. So it makes sense. There's nothing for musicians on email, like v- very little thing. And most of it's just like newsletter, how to write a good newsletter. And I actually think you should never write a newsletter, but that's beside the point. Um, the thing about email is that uh, there's a couple of things about email. One is it's yours. Like you get someone's email, you can export that into an Excel sheet that you own. It's not living in the cloud somewhere. It's been around for a really long time. You need an email in order to even get onto social media sites. So like everyone has one, like a hundred, like everyone has one. So you're not wondering like, oh, is this audience like only on TikTok or only on Instagram or only on Facebook. And a lot of people are like not on Facebook anymore. You're like, so you don't have to worry. Like they're on email. So there's just that sort of like usability, ubiquitousness of it. (laughs) Not a word, but you know what I mean? It's everywhere. Um, Everyone has it. And, And then the other thing is that there are some big, big numbers that prove that if you're actually going to promote or sell something, that you're going to do a a much better job doing it on email. Like you, you're like 70 times more likely to sell something on email in one email than you are on one social post. So the email is not determined by time in in the sense that someone checks their email every day at four o'clock. Even if you sent that email at 9am, they're going to see that email versus if you post something at nine o'clock and someone doesn't scroll through Facebook or Instagram until 4pm, there's a good chance they're going to miss it depending on certain things that you do with that, whether or not you boosted the post. There are, there are a lot of factors that come into play around the timing of your social posts. So email is, is one of those things that is, it's, it's something that people do. You write an email to your friend, right? Like you, you can communicate on a level that, so this is sort of the third element, which is like, there's, there's a way to build a relationship over email that you can't with social media. Cause everyone knows when you post to social media that everyone is going to see it and that you're posting so that everyone can see it. But when you write an email, even if people know that they're on a mailing list, there are ways that you can write to them. So they feel like you're writing to them individually. And you can really, really grow that relationship and have them stick around for the long haul and have them turn from subscriber into fan, into super fan, into, you know, a customer who's advocating for you out there on their social media sites. So email is a huge opportunity. It does a lot of things that social doesn't, and they can complement each other. I'm not saying, um, ditch social media forever. I think there are ways to bring people on social to your email and also to provide some um, fun and insights and things on your social by sharing that with your email list. So there are things you can do to bring, to, to use them together for sure. Mm, amazing. Yeah. I, I love how you just put that. Um, and as someone who probably a lot like you kind of my, when I first came into email marketing and like online business stuff, I was like, like, really like email, like, is it, is that valuable? And then I've seen like 
over and over again, all of the most successful, you know, people who are doing this is like email, 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 email. It's one of those things where you really start to understand how powerful it is once you get good at it. But it's one of those things that can kind of see, like be under the radar because unlike social media, which is like very in your face and like, oh, like the amount of followers and it's pretty like vanity, like driven email is like, you know, a little bit more under radar. But for the reasons you're just saying, yeah. it's because of that, it's also a little bit more of an intimate connection. It's a better way to, to make offers and to connect more personally with people. Yeah. So what have you noticed have been like some of the biggest challenges when musicians start and they've heard about email quite a bit, but they're not even sure like what kinds of emails should I write or where do I get started? What were some of the biggest challenges that you see musicians struggling with? Yeah, getting started is definitely one of them. Like, I don't, like, can I just send my contacts in Gmail and email? Um, uh, No, you can't. People need to, legally, you need to make sure people can unsubscribe from an email. There are a lot of laws right now around that, so you don't want to mess around with that. You don't, if you go to conferences, obviously, we're not doing that right now, but if you go to a conference and you get a bunch of business cards, you cannot add those business cards to your email list unless you specifically ask that person if you could. And they were like, yes, please. So you really, uh, the first thing really is to figure out which platform is best for you. And there are a lot of email platforms out there. It's one of the things I go over and uh, I have a a worksheet that I'll I'll give you all for free that is basically like takes you through how to choose the right email platform for where you are right now and where you think you want to be in the near future. And then you can always change later. You can upgrade, you can do all these things. And it's pretty easy to go from one platform to another. I've changed four times. So I think that's your first thing is to just get a platform. But it doesn't mean you need to get into the platform and then you need to start sending emails. It's get into the platform and watch all the YouTube videos you can about it or take a course or something. Get masterful at whatever platform you choose because when you do, the tools are going to not block you from sending those emails because then you can just write the emails in a Word document and, and you know learn some strategies. I ha- you know I have a ton of resources around this, but learn the, the most important thing once you do have a, a little bit of a list is to welcome new people into your email list so that they stick around for the long haul. That first welcome email is a huge opportunity. Mm, cool. So it sounds like, you know, obstacle number one is usually just kind of choosing a platform. And that's something that uh, you have a, a, a gift, a free cheat sheet for people to be able to choose the right platform for them. And then the tech is obviously going to be a challenge for people who aren't very, you know, geeky, like, like, I know we've, we've talked before, and we're both, we're both like pretty, we like spreadsheets, and we like math super and dorky. stuff. But yeah, super dorky. Um, so, but I know a lot of people like the tech is something that they, that they hate. And so you'd recommend, you know, just going through the basics, going through the materials. They're really not like they have videos for it. Like they, it's pretty easy once you just kind of consume some of the videos. And ultimately you want to be at a point where it's like the tech isn't getting in the way. Like it's like, you can just kind of write something in a word document and then you can, you can send it out. One thing you mentioned is like the welcome email being really important. So what are some like components or elements of the welcome email that, that make it successful? Yeah. The, the first email that you send people will be your most opened email ever, period, end of story. Most of the time people are signing up for your mailing list because there's like some free thing they can get. Like, hey, I have a bundle of songs. Tell me where to send it. And then they go sign up. So that first email, they're expecting the thing, right? Whatever the thing is, whether it's a checklist or a, a free video or like something. So you don't want to give them the thing at the top of the email. You want to make them read the email. You have a huge opportunity because they're going to want to get to the link, the thing to download it or, or get access to whatever you promise them. So you want to take this opportunity to introduce yourself one or two sentences. This doesn't have to be a long essay, but just a couple sentences to introduce yourself, um, a couple sentences to sort of set up their expectations. So they know what to expect from you. Like I'm going to send you a couple great free things in the next few days. It's going to be like your birthday. It's going to be awesome. And then tell them if you're going to sell to them. Like, I've got some opportunities for you. I've got some cool things, a store, you know, I'll let you know about that down the road. Like, just let them know what to expect. So when you do, like, tell them, like, hey, I've got stuff for you to buy. They're not going to be like, what? I need to, like, you're selling to me. So you can actually set them up to hang around even when you're doing a promotion that they're not interested in. And then the last thing is to ask them to do something because you know that they're going to click the link anyway. I'm a big fan of having only one link in your whole email. You can have that link several times but in this very first email I go against that uh, make an exception when, if, even if it's something like go follow me on on Instagram when you ask them to do something and I, by the way don't say go follow me because that's technically linguistically that's a command you might as well have said um, come back in my house so 
is you want to ask them a question like, would you, would you come hang out with me on Instagram? And if it's a yes or no question and they click the link and it goes to Instagram, you always want to check your links. There's, there's psychology that studies that have proven there's, there's some sort of authority that you now gain because you ask them to do something they and they clicked on this link and it went to where they thought it was going to go. It's very subtle. So you always want to ask people to do something, even if you're in an email, that's not a really, it's not a promotional email. You're not promoting anything, but it's just sort of, it can even be in a PS. So those are the elements um, of a welcome series. It's it, just to recap, it's introducing yourself, welcoming them into the community that you've created, setting them up for expectations, uh, what they can expect from you, asking them to do something, and then of course giving them the thing that you promised you would give them, whether that's a link or, or file or something. You know, thinking about the technology part of it and, and like people get stopped and, and don't, they're like, oh, I don't want to write this email or I don't want to like deal with the technology. The really, the first part, and I would love to just share the, I've created an acronym stages for the whole idea of, of how I think about email in general. And you kind of got to go in order. And that's, uh, this worksheet that I'm going to give you guys has this written out. So don't worry about like jotting this down. But the, the S is for strategy. Strategy is really like, why are you creating an email list? Like what, are, what's, what's going to be so great of, about collecting people who love your music and being able to communicate them with them at once. Like what's possible for your career. So if you get clear on the strategy, we can work backwards and say, okay, that's my big why and keep that present so that when you do get into the T stage is so technology is the tech, then it's like, okay, this is hard and this sucks right now, but like the payoff is going to be that I'm going to really be able to engage with these people. I'm going to be able to profit from this list. So then the A is awareness. You actually need to let people know you have a list. A lot of musicians don't even do that. They go to live shows and don't tell people that they could sign up. I used to play a game every time I toured to get 50% of the room on my email list. And that was like the game we played. So awareness, you got to tell people that you have it. And then there's the G, which is the growth or the gathering. So once people know about it, how do you entice them to actually sign up? Okay, cool. You got a list. I don't care. So we've got to change that conversation to, to actually bring people in and gather. The E of stages is engage. And this is the content, turning them from subscribers. They may not be fans when they first sign up. There's a very good chance they're not. They're subscribing because they want a free thing or they're curious or they like something and they want to know more. So it's your job through what you write, through your content to engage with them and turn them from subscribers to fans, to customers, to super fans, to advocates. And that's the journey I take people on in my Rock Your Email List course. The last part of the stages is S, which I wish it was M, but stage M doesn't work, but S is for sell. And you really can monetize your list. And the statistic that is across industries is if you are making one to $2 per subscriber per month, you are doing email correctly. So if you have a thousand subscribers on your email list, you, and you're doing email, right? You're making a thousand dollars a month, thousand to $2,000 a month. If you have a hundred people on your email list and you're doing email, right? You're making a hundred to $200 a month. So I just wanted to sort of put that structure in because we can bounce around talking about the content and engage, but that's so far down the line for some people who might only be at the awareness stage or in, you know, you have to kind of get each level set up before you can move on to the next one. And it's funny because writing the actual emails is so late in, in that stages process, but um, it is important to, to think about, okay, I need to know my strategy. I need to know how I'm going to bring people in. And then once I can do that, as long as you have a welcome series, I always say, get your welcome series set up because you can, you can always come back from a, I haven't written them in six months. What am I supposed to do? I get that question a lot right now. And it's totally fine. You just tell them why I haven't written them and say, Hey, I, I missed you. Sorry, I haven't written and just be real with your people. So I wanted to just put that, the stages process in a little bit. Um, cause it is, it is fairly linear for the most part. Um, and it's just good to think around, especially around getting stuck in any one of them, like technology or sitting down and writing emails or how do I ask people to sign up or, you know. I love it. Th- thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of, of acronyms. And, and I know, so the, the cheat sheet that you're going to share with us, does it have like the stages kind of listed yeah. out for people? Yep. Cool. It's, um, it's called Mastering Email. And it, it really kind of just like brushes off of, you know, like skims the top of each of these stages and like what's the most important. It's a really good way to just kind of like lean back. And I look at it every once in a while and be like, where am I stopped right now in my email? Because I don't feel like I'm nailing it at any given moment. And it's a good way to kind of just look back and be like, oh, I haven't, yes, I'm good here. I'm good here. Oh, I haven't done that. I haven't checked in on that. I haven't like audited this part yet. Or I haven't like reached out or done any outreach or promos around this yet. So it's a good, it's sort of a good thing to look back at um, over time, even if you feel like you've got it handled. Hmm. Beautiful. 
So, you know, while you're talking, there's two gold nuggets that I wanted to dig a little bit deeper on because you, you, <laughs> I love, I love your energy. You're, you're very like, I think your mind works the same way that, that I work in terms of like very fast paced and like so much wisdom coming out in a very quick amount of time. I think we have a lot oh. to, that we can kind of dig, dig into. There's one thing that I definitely want to come back to. I want to put a pin in it is the strategy that you mentioned in like passing. You're like, oh yeah, you know, I was like when I played live, I got 50% of the room to sign up for my email list every time I did this. There's one little thing. <laughs> so I definitely want to come back to that. And I wanted to just add on to, to one thing that you mentioned with like the welcome email was this idea of having that like that micro commitment. So like having that, that link going to Instagram before, you know, the, mm. the other thing yeah. and how, yeah, there's something about that momentum, even just like that little thing that, that, you know, creates, creates movement. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, you can when you get people to sign up for like the the least amount of uh, things people have to do at the point of sign up is ideal. So um, for the average musician not looking to segment your list yet, you don't really want to have more than a first name and an email on that opt in form. Um, but I love what you're doing in terms of like segmenting your list, which is great, especially when you're touring, which I know again is like a different time, but when you are, are touring, it's great to be able to segment your list based on either country or region or depends on what your touring pattern is. So it, it kind of kills two birds with one stone in the sense that it is a micro commitment at that moment. You're asking them a question, you're asking them to engage already. You're training them to engage with you, which is, you know, so valuable. But then there's also the element of you're just getting more data, which you can use later, um, you know, when you are automating and tagging people and that's a whole part of the tech element, but mm. yeah, I test everything. I love to test subject lines. I te like test, 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 test is so important to test and learn things about your audience because what works for the majority of, of people in, in trainings and things like that may be really different for your audience and they may interact in a, in a totally different way. So you definitely want to test it. And I'm a big fan of do more of what works and less of what doesn't work and take everything you learn about this with a grain of salt and, and test it. That's the only way you're going to know what's working for your audience. Mm, I, that's, that's so important is, is what you just said, like that mindset of yeah. testing, 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 being willing to test. Can you go a little bit, a little bit deeper on that in terms of like a big challenge for a lot of musicians? And you've probably seen this a lot too, is feeling like this perfectionism or wanting to get everything kind of perfect before they launch it. So maybe like spend way too long writing the first email or getting ready to release the new song and they just like never, it takes a really long time. So how do you think about testing? Like how does that process work for you? I used to test every subject line. So I figured out pretty fast what subject lines work. And so I test subject lines less. The big thing about testing is to make sure that you're only testing one element at a time, because when you get really different results, you're not going to know which was the thing. I changed the image inside and I changed the length of the copy and I changed the subject line. And this email had way better response than this email, but why was it? You, you won't know if you, if you only test the image, if you only test the length of the email, if you only, you know, like that's going to be way more valuable than trying to test multiple options. And this is the, kind of the same theory for Facebook ads or anytime, anytime you're running any sort of ads too, when you're testing a being things, you want to be only changing one element at a time. I mean, I think it's the same as pitching, which is kind of like my other shtick is like, you, no matter what, if you're pitching well, you're going to get a response. And the response can be yes, no, or maybe. And either way, you're getting data. So if you get a yes, you have to go follow through on the thing that you just pitched. Um, if you get a no, then you have to go do research and pitch someone else. If you get a maybe, then there's like, okay, I can't talk this day, but I can talk that you got to reschedule and you got either way, there's work to do no matter what answer you get. So I feel like testing in general and like being set up for failure or a link doesn't work, or there's a spelling thing, like people are you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. And I think the fear of like, what if it's not perfect can mm. really get in the way with email, like really get in the way. And I stop, like I spell check and I read my emails through and I always send myself a test email and click all the links. But like every once in a while, something slips through and a link doesn't work and you'll get like a hundred replies of people being like, this link doesn't work. And then you just like quick send out another email. So sorry, here's the right link. And then you want to scream like, leave me alone. I'm so sorry. But like it, it happens, you know, and you just kind of got to like, roll with it and, and be responsible for it and then clean it up when you can clean it up. And if you can't, it's just like you're, you're getting to show them that you're human. Mm, totally. I think that's a really important point is that when you make mistakes, like that's, that's okay. And it's like you're human and that can actually help you connect deeper with the people. One of my mentors, Jeff Walker said, if you don't pretend to be perfect, then you don't have to be. 
and it's kind of like oh like it was like one of those like i was like hey dude, like you already like that was he just that just like came out of him just like brilliant and the idea that like if you let people know that it's not gonna be perfect and that you're imperfect and you just be yourself and you know that you screw up and you, and you strive for excellence it's not like you're trying to suck you know like you you sure. you take everything as a test and you see what are the results of what happened then you're going to be able to adapt and to be able to to move forward based on what you learned. And one thing specific that you just mentioned too is like kind of deals with like the fear of rejection. I think sometimes you putting your music out, you know, there's there's always going to be some sort of fear of you know what if people don't like it or what if I embarrass myself or you know yeah. yada yada yada. Feel, yeah, and I feel like if you if you haven't felt fear of rejection, I like I know a lot of musicians that are are confident and are like, okay, I'm I might be worried about this, but I'm I have fears in other areas of my life. And it is very common for musicians to be like, I'm, we're putting our heart on our sleeve. So of course it's like, hey, this is something that I created from myself, from my heart, from my soul, from my body. And like, it's, it's now out there and like, we don't want it to get criticized. So of course that is, it's very common that that is a fear. So yes, I, I feel like that can stop you in a lot of ways. Yeah, one, one thing I want to come back to, because, you know, we've teased it a few times, but I know that this is going to be something really valuable, is you mentioned the 50% of the room, like you had a trick that when you play live, um, you could get 50% of the room to sign up for an email list. What was that? Um, well, it was always my email list uh, that I was trying to get them to sign up for. And it was never a, it was never a trick. It was always just a goal. And sometimes I hit it and sometimes I didn't. And I had a bunch of tricks. <laughs> um, but really, they're strategies. And this is part of this is totally part of the awareness part of the stages of email. The strategies include having rehearsed my banter in between songs and knowing between which song am I going to talk about my email list. And what am I going to say when I'm talking about it? It's like, oh, go pass, go sign up for the email list. Or is it going to be more of like, hey, I want to like take you home with me. Here's how you can do that. I'm going to email you later tonight. Or I'm going to, you know, you can actually like come up with better ways than like sign up for my email. Like, what do they get? Like, hey, if you sign up, you get a free sticker. Um, first of all, the very first thing you do is you get someone that's waiting in line to be like, hey, I'm going to get you in for free. If there are people waiting in line, sometimes they're not just, I'm going to get you in for free if you're willing to be the person that like is responsible for this clipboard. And that person is going to try to impress you so hard that they're going to get 50% of the people in the room to sign up because they're going to be like, oh, I want to like, you know, do well. And like tell them like my goal is to get 50% of the people in the room. And if it's just like a cafe or a small gig where there's as people are coming and going, like you can just have it sitting in a convenient spot or have it, you know, near the, the bartender or where, wherever and like, so just so you can tell people where it is and then you can tell people in one of the one of the spots like oh hey if you um you know sign up over there i'm gonna for my mailing list uh or hey the next song we're gonna do i'm gonna give away the re the acoustic recording of this for free just go tell me where to send it give me your email on the that list over there you can do that before a song but you can also say i'm gonna randomly choose one person who's who's signed up on this email list and i'm gonna give them a free CD or invite them up to stage to sing the last song or give them a sweatshirt or something. Like you can run some contests like real time right there and have people looking for that, that email list, but you've got to say it more than once. You've got to tell them that they have it. You got to tell them exactly what they need to do and like be really clear. And you can do that all really concisely. And I think you can actually do that on your Facebook lives right now. And, and if you're performing live, you can work it into what you're doing. Make sure the link is available. What are they going to get that's special? All sorts of things. You can say, Hey, the people that sign up, like while we're actually still on the live and you can see the timestamp of when people sign up, you can say, I'm going to give away something to a random person and I'll announce it on my next live, which is next week and then get people to come back. Boom. I just came up with some badass ideas for your Instagram or your Facebook. Uh, lives. Yeah. You're welcome mm. that I've translated from my touring days, which I haven't done recently. So I'm not doing Facebook lives for, for performance, but I have been doing them for, you know, speaking and working with other musicians. So I know that there's a lot of strategies out there, but I think you can apply a lot of the stuff you, that you would do live to, um, uh, an, you know, a digital live. <laughs> mm, totally. I love that. There's just like some really good ideas there. And right now, currently while we're recording this, um, this is impossible because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. But at a live show, having someone who's in, in line, who's like come out to see you, giving them responsibility to be the person who goes around and asks for emails, that, that's like, boom, like that's gold right there. That's like a $5,000 idea. Yeah, that is a goal. I mean, if you can get two and like, you know, <laughs> pit them against each other, whichever you get more signups, great they got to be legible that's a big thing oh man like the non-legible ones are the pits but 
yeah, there's a, you just gotta, you just gotta get people excited about it. Cool. So I wonder, have you noticed, and it's probably going to depend differently depending on like the, the audience and, and what they're interested in, but have you noticed in particular any like patterns or things that just like time and time again, fans are really interested in or like a really good thing to offer in exchange for joining the email list? Um, I think that right now the idea, because some people are like, I don't even download MP3s. It's the gesture. It's really about saying, hey, I honor your email. I'm not going to abuse it. And here's a thing that I made. And people know that it takes something to create a song or whatever. Even if it's like a downloaded zip file that they can't access from their phone, they have to go to a computer to get it. Like, it's totally fine. You can just say, like, make sure you're on a desktop to get this. Like, if you're giving a bundle of songs away, which I do. I have a client of mine that got a great response to a bundle of songs, plus each song had a PDF sort of story and with the artwork in it. Mm. Um, so it was kind of like a, something people could print out if they wanted, or they could just kind of read and, and get a little background. So, you know, that was kind of cool. I give a song from each album that I've done. I know some people just do one song. Other people do uh, like access to a video that's like a hidden link. So you can only get it through the welcome email um, that might be like an actual message to the subscriber and like a song that's never been released before or like an acoustic version of something that's been released. You want it to be easily consumable. So something that they can either click on. I mean, even, even, you know, a video, keep it short, like song length, like under four minutes, just so it's not like a burden for them and they can like consume it quickly and be like, cool, I want more. And, and then you know that like your next email, like three days later is actually going to be more content. So I think it's really anything that is important to you or that shows some insight to you, but I would not assume that they're already a fan. Some mistakes I see around the opt-in is people are like, I'm going to give like my, all of my handwritten lyrics and like people that's for fans. And like, these are subscribers, they might become fans and that's the idea. And if you're doing email, right, they probably will be, but they're not necessarily fans right at this moment. So you want to assume that you need to give them content that they that will help them become fans. Oh, what's up, guys? So quick intermission from the podcast so I can tell you about an awesome free gift that I have for you. I wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public. They normally reserve for our $5,000 clients that we work with personally. This is a presentation called Six Steps to Explode Your Fan Base and Make a Profit with Your Music Online. And specifically, we're going to walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's going to allow you to grow your fan base online and the system's designed to get you to your first $5,000 a month with your music. We've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians. And so I think it's going to be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, if you want to do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually want to hear. And so that'll help us reach a lot more people. So if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings, then if you want to do us a favor, I'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Beautiful. So it sounds like, you know, there's a variety of different things that you could offer in exchange and ultimately it's going to depend on your situation. So you got to, you got to test, but in particular, what you've noticed as like a pattern, the kinds of stuff you want to offer is something really easily digestible. So like, you know, under four minutes, if it's a video or songs, and even though like you know, people are streaming songs on Spotify and different platforms, really a lot of it's about the gesture. So it's, so it's okay to have like a download of a song or a download of like a kit, like of, of an album. I love the idea that you just brought up. That, that, that one really stood out to me. The one that, that one of your people did with having the PDF along with the song. So it's like you, you actually kind of described what the songs were about and gave some extra depth to it. That's really cool. Maybe like a printout or like a wallpaper or something cool. But it sounds like it's one of those things where you shouldn't get too hung up on what it is. You get to kind of, kind of just figure, you got to try out some stuff and just put something together and offer it. And you'll get some feedback on whether it's something that people want or not. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So let's say that someone has gone through the hard work of, you know, kind of figuring out, well, hard, maybe not so hard if they have, have your resources, but they've chosen a platform, they've gotten things started, they wrote out their welcome email, 
where do they go from there? And how do they like, how do they integrate emails with like a, like how do they sell things from, from email? Do they sell like merchandise from there? And how quickly would you recommend that they make an offer? Yeah, I think you've got to, um, you know, there's a progression of in the engagement section of my, my course there, there's like a whole progression of your welcome series and then a nurture series, which is a little more story based uh, information and content. And then there's rise series, rise meaning you're taking them from a fan to a customer. So whether you're promoting something on Spotify or you're promoting them to actually buy merch or to buy something, I would start a little bit smaller. You're not going to come in and be like, buy my $99 bundle. Um, but you could say, hey, come on into my Patreon for $2. Or, um, you know, there, there can be a lot of different things. The key is, is to really focus whatever you're trying to promote or sell for a specific period of time. So not, you know, send one email saying, hey, buy my CD in these four places. And then the next email be like, and then let's stream it here. And then follow me on YouTube. You like, you want to be consistent. You want to be focused for at least 10 days or two weeks and not be selling all the time. But uh, you do want to integrate selling with stories and, you know, free content as well as as the value that you can give them and then come back to the promotional stuff and you can all you can set that up and automate it so people that come into your list are automatically getting all those things and then when you have something new to offer or release that's coming out something that's time-based um you can pause those or just integrate them uh that integrate with the new emails that you want to send out a lot of uh, platforms called those call those broadcasts you may know them as newsletters which i shy away from because newsletters tend to have way too much stuff and people don't know what to do or what's important so they don't do anything so you want to keep the keep the focus of the call to action very specific it sounds like what's really important is is focusing on delivering value and building a relationship and connecting with people first before you make an offer for your merchandise could you like on like overview level kind of break down some of the and give us like an idea of like the timeline between welcome sequence to like making an offer like what that might look like yeah, you. I mean, the welcome sequence, I would say it's like three to four emails over two weeks, um, maybe even 10 days. And then you could go right into a rise sequence, especially if you've got a release coming out, um, and especially if it's like a low price point, like a song or a digital record or something. Or you could go through a nurture series. And nurture series, I usually say, are, are one email every five to seven days and there are about three to five of those in the series so you it could be you're waiting two months before you really start to do a hardcore sale um but i see you know people are in they're excited i i i, I can see going either way it depends on what you've got coming up in your own promotional schedule um and if you're automating it so it's kind of just set to run i would start with a, a nurture sequence first to get people to to know you and and you know tease some stuff out and maybe share a link ps if the song that i was telling the story about here's here's where to listen to it so it's not a hardcore sale but you you can actually like you know of course share what your the links to the places you're talking about the songs you're talking about or videos if you're telling a story about a video obviously people are going to want to see it Cool. So it sounds like, you know, you kind of differentiate between a nurture sequence and a rise sequence. So the rise sequence is a little bit more direct. It's still value driven, right? It's not like you're just going to ever come out and just be like, yo, buy my stuff. But like, you know, it needs to be kind of you know, like it needs to be positioned properly so that the value is is there for them. But, uh, you know, there's different ways that it's, it's like, it's like artwork, you know, there's different ways to, to express it. And there's different, different things. But what you found is like a pattern that's really worked well is either going from like a welcome sequence over two weeks or so of like really getting to know them building some building a relationship and then going into like a rise sequence where you could try offering something especially if it's something like not a very high commitment something on the lower end like a like a patreon or you could go into more relationship building from there so you could do like a nurturing sequence and, and it sounds like the nurturing sequence is it's not like you're you're not going to be um, having any like call to actions, but it's just like the call to actions are going to be more geared around, like, let's be friends on Instagram, let's follow each other on Instagram, or let's, you know, so there's like different ways to kind of to build the relationship before starting to make the offer. Yeah. So this is kind of like a geeky, like a little bit more of an advanced question for you, but do you have any sort of like autom automation set up so that when someone, let's say that someone like purchases like the first initial offer, then you kind of like lead them into like different offers 
what's your advice for people in terms of, I mean, like, what should they, what should they even like worry about like setting up additional like automations like that at the beginning or would you recommend, would you recommend them setting up as their first offer ever? Um, if it depends on what you have available. Um, if you're like merch driven or if you're show driven, it might be concert tickets. If you're, or like a, you know, a fan club of concert tickets. But I think if, if you have music out, it could very easily be just an offer to the music. If you are not trying to chart and you're not trying to like keep track of how many sales are getting to the billboard charts, then you can host the music on your own site. I use Kajabi. You can host music as your own products. Um, Banzoogle allows you to sell your own music and keep track of sales there. If you're going to push people to iTunes or Amazon or Spotify, you can't actually tell who's bought. So you, you just have to be, which is fine. You just have to be mindful of that in your language. So if you send the second or third or fourth email of the rise series and you're still promoting something, you have to say, Hey, have, if you haven't gotten this yet, so you have to acknowledge that someone might have gotten it versus if mm -hmm. you're selling through your own website, you can tag people so that when they purchase it, they get pulled out of that sequence, that rise sequence, meaning you're not going to keep promoting to them if the person already bought something. So it just depends on what you're selling them. So for iTunes, for example, you, you can't tell who bought you know, in real time, as far as I know, I've looked and looked and looked and definitely not Amazon. Um, so you have to kind of just change your language to you know, cater to the people that did buy and you don't want to annoy them because they're still in this sequence. So you want to make sure that you're just wording that in a way that's empowering them as well as trying to get the new people to go buy it. Mm, gotcha. Um, man, that'd be really nice if, uh, if iTunes and Amazon allowed you to, to plug in with, with your email CRM. So would you recommend that, that people use something like Banzoogle or that they use, um, like a third party tool that's going to allow them to offer the music? Like, have you seen are people making more sales doing it that way as opposed to like trying to go get streams or, or trying to sell their album on iTunes? I think there is a lot of different reasons to do any one of those things. And it all depends on what do you want for this music? What's the goal? What's the game that you're playing? Um, there's a lot of different ways to word this. So for me, I was playing a game of getting on the billboard charts for my recently released record. And so that meant that I had to send people to iTunes, Amazon, Amazon and Bandcamp and in Spotify because Spotify counts for streams and blah, blah, blah. So I was really looking for sales at iTunes and Amazon um, and Bandcamp because those are what get, gets reported to, to billboard charts. So for me, I was really clear that I was doing sales, right? I was not focusing on streams. I was not focusing on, um, it was not about income this time around. Sometimes you're like, all right, I'm playing the money game. I, so I'm going to price this a little bit higher and I'm going to like maybe bundle some stuff. So I priced it as low as possible that would still allow it to chart so yeah, so that it depends. Um, if you are looking to make your own money, absolutely sell it yourself through your own website. If you, like, like I said, Kajabi Band Camp are the two best examples um, because they don't take any percentage <laughs> of, your, of your sale. So you get to keep all of that, which is awesome. And you can also set it up to be a pay what you want, which is uh, with a minimum. Bandcamp allows you to do that as well. And I've noticed that if you set something for, okay, my album is $5 minimum, but pay what you want, most people are gonna pay more. So instead of saying, well, I wished I had gotten, if you really wanted $10 per album, if you look at the numbers, the average is probably going to be 15 or 20. Like that, that's what happened for me. At least some people gave $50 and a lot of people gave the minimum five, but you never know what people are willing to do. And as long as you're going to get your cost covered and that's a number that's good for you. Okay. If everyone pays $5, I'm okay with that. So that pricing model like works really well. I think for, for indie artists right now is, is a pay what you want with a minimum. That's awesome. That's so, so if you do do it um, through Bandcamp or like Banzoogle or you know, Kajabi, I'm not sure if Kajabi has this or not, but you can basically do like a pay what you want option. So it's like you set the minimum to $5, then they can pay what they want, which sometimes turns out, depending on your relationship with, with your people, if they want to support you, sometimes they'll pay $15 for, for $5. Yeah. So ultimately, it depends on your goals, which platform you're going to, you're going to be on. But if you're looking to do something, like if you really care about charting on billboard or, you know, charting or, or getting as many streams as possible on Spotify, then you obviously want to focus on those platforms. But if your main goal is making a sustainable income or at least making income with this specific release, then doing it on your own is much better. 
Yeah, it might be. I mean, you might also have a goal of like the CD is going to be for licensing. This was the goal of my third record. So I was like, where, what platforms are music supervisors finding new music on right now? So let's bring all of my followers over to that platform. And that changes all the time. So I don't know what it is right now, but back then it was like, you know, get people on, get it, everyone making Pandora playlists for me. Um, you know, and so like it, it totally depends on what your goal is and what's going to help you get to that goal. And then what are the steps that your people need to take? And then you need to be very clear with them on, on what they need to do and why it's important to you. And I made so many little tech videos of like, here's when you log into iTunes and then you click here and then you type in this URL and then you click here and this is where you pre-save and then you can share this link. Like I made screen share so it, I could make it very, very easy for people to do this even if they weren't familiar with the platform. Mm, that's awesome. I, mean, I feel like that kind of points back to one of the main benefits of email too, is that it is so versatile you know, like that you've literally had three different, three different things that you've, that you've done and you've been able to, to leverage your community and to leverage your email list in order to do that. One thing that, that I'd be interested in is, is hearing what your thoughts are about combining email with like social media. Like, have you found a good strategy? Cause social media, at least from, from my perspective, I've actually got kind of, I don't know, less I don't go on social media very often anymore. Like Instagram, like Twitter, like Facebook, like I only go on those platforms in order to like run paid ads because it's good for my business. But like me as a consumer, like I don't like going on Instagram and I, you know, just personally, like, like I, I don't, I'm not on it very often, but I know a lot of people, it is really important. You know, so that might be a mistake on my part. <laughs> like, honestly, like maybe I should get more into it. But I know a lot of people take it very seriously, and there's a lot of social proof. And especially for musicians, like it is, there's, it's helpful. It's, it's, you have a lot of positioning credibility, and you can connect with your people through social media. Like, it can be a really valuable tool. So, what are your thoughts on social media and kind of how it combines with with email? I think you should be on the platforms that you're most comfortable with that you are using as a consumer and meet your meet your fans halfway if if like you know that your audience is 100% on Twitch and you have a lot of evidence about that you you know you may want to go try it out but if you're really comfortable on Instagram and Facebook and you're engaging with your fans there and you've built a fan base there or you're starting to or you'd like to and and you know that that they live there then just hang out where you're comfortable with and you can always you know, run a campaign similar to a rise campaign or something that you would do an email you can do on social media. So this whole week, you're talking about all the perks of joining your email list. Like what do they get? You know, screenshot a little blips of the fun stuff that happens inside your email list. And, you know, you can bring people from your social, social media sites into your email list, as well as run ads to get people into like, Hey, you like this song, get it for free. Just tell me where to send it. That is, um, a really great way to get people engaging with you on social media, but have them end up on email. I also, if you're running broadcast, meaning um, one-off emails because you've got something coming up soon, it's not something that's going to last forever in an automated series. Um, I do like to focus on uh, social media to sort of double whammy anyone. So for example, a month before my record came out, I, I had a week, each week I was focusing on a different platform. So four weeks before I was pushing everyone to pre-buy my record on iTunes, three weeks before it was Amazon, two weeks before I was doing Spotify, pre-save. So each week had a different focus and I knew that the email sequences I had set up were focused in those timelines. And so I made sure that my posts on social media were aligned with those emails as well, just to sort of keep the conversation consistent. And anyone that was on my email that was also on social media was able to see things because there's this statistic that it takes between seven and 16 times for someone to see something before they click and act on it. It on social media. So, you know, the more they see it in different ways, the better. Interesting. So first of all, you know, you would recommend that people be where they're comfortable, where they enjoy hanging out, but also to kind of meet their, their audience halfway. Like if they know there's a lot of their people that are hanging out on a certain platform, then you know, maybe it means trying it out and getting more comfortable, you know, hanging out there. And then in terms of integrating it with email, yeah, I, I think you're, you're so right that email has the benefit that it's like you own it. And no matter what happens to TikTok or Facebook, you know, if Facebook decides that all of a sudden they want to stop showing the majority of your followers, your stuff organically, then, well, that sucks, but you know, you still have your email list. You can still connect with those people. So you would recommend like still tying in any of these social media platforms to your email list and being able to connect with those people. And then whenever you do have, I feel like one of the main benefits of an email list, maybe like a text message list too, 
is like when you have that new release and that first day you really want to like make it just slam dunk. So you are able to broadcast and you have tens of thousands of people who are in the first day streaming it and that triggers the algorithm. Maybe you get a better opportunity to get on Spotify's editorial playlist. And so what you like to do is you like to, to when you do broadcast, when you have like a specific release or something like that, to have that hitting people from all directions kind of feeling to it. Cause a lot of times you need multiple, multiple touch points in order to, to actually take action on something. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Like, are there any other things that, that we haven't talked about yet that you feel like uh, are really important that maybe are holding, holding musicians back from really getting into email or, or figuring out how this works? Yeah. I think it's like the, the less like sexy thing that people are talking about like getting on spotify playlists is so cool and it yes it is and like getting my stuff licensed on awesome movies and tv shows is super cool and like yes it is i've done both of those things they are awesome um but i think that the longevity like i took like three years off literally from performing and i just touched base with my i did a lot of writing and my dad had died so it's like all this stuff and i came back to my email list and i funded a record that i made about six months later and they all showed up and I raised $22,000. So like your list will hang out for you because they're not just a fan of your music, they're a fan of your life and your career. And so that relationship, those people that I met in the shows that I'm no longer doing, but like they are, they remember when I went up and like shook their kid's hand and like that kid was like, oh my God, I shook, you know, like they, that was special for them. So the, the list is something that's going to live for a very long time and you're able to use it in ways that are, just so profitable for your career that can be and feel really authentic and really like in partnership with them. So if there's any hesitation of like, I'm not sure how to do this. Like, well, first of all, I have a course called Rock Your Email List and you should sign up for that, duh. But really like learn how to do it and just like do the steps, take the actions and and get it set up. I think now is a really good time to take the time to set up. I think um, you can you can, or reset it up if you set it up a while ago and you haven't touched it in six months or in a year and you're like, I don't want to right now. It's been too late. It's like when you meet someone and you forget their name and then you hang out with them five more times and now you're like, I really can't ask their name. So like, I think people feel like that around their email list. Like, no, well, now it's just been too long. And I want to say that that's a little silly and I encourage you to just be real with people and say, I'm getting back into this. I've got a strategy. I'm really excited to like share new content with you. Like, thanks for sticking with me. Um, I was even nervous about writing this email because blah, blah, like whatever. But the more real you are, I think the more real they're going to be and the more likely they're going to stick around and then show up when you need them to. So just take the, take the first step. And if that's just downloading this worksheet, awesome. Um, you know, if it's learning a little bit and YouTubing or re reading my blog, like awesome. If it's like, okay, let's just handle this. Let's just do this course and like do that. That's awesome. But you're here like, uh, you know, listening to all these great, 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 amazing lectures from people that are like so knowledgeable. So you're already like thinking, okay, well, how can I level up my career? And if you feel like you've done a lot of stuff already, and this is one of those things that's been like, mm, I shouldn't send a newsletter tomorrow. Like, and if that's <laughs> like the feeling around it, then let, I think there's a lot of room to transform that that will also transform your career. Awesome. Yeah. And I, and I just want to reiterate too, again, the value of, of email, you know, I, because it is like you described, it is one of those things where it isn't necessarily the, the sexiest. It's not like for your ego, right. email yeah. isn't going to feel that great. But for your music career and for your business, it's going to be awesome. You know, it's going to be. I will tell you when you send, yeah, when you send an email about like something that's happening for you personally or some story behind a song, and like people write back and like, oh my god, I totally connect with this. Like, thank you so much for sharing. Like, that feels really good for your ego. I will tell you that <laughs> it's just not so immediate the gratification that it tends to get pushed aside so if you can like see that light at the end of the tunnel like that will happen like guarantee you're going to write something that's going to resonate with someone like i promise you i promise you and it's really really special because you're seeing your music have the exact effect that you wanted that's the reason you wanted to get it out there in the first place right so you actually get that feedback and you you not to say you can't get that over social media or other places but it it, it is very special when you get that in your inbox yeah, I, I, I think you're 100% right that, that email is a personal, can be such a great way to, to hear from people and, and that it can, <laughs> it can stroke, stroke your ego and it, your ego isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's okay to, everyone has an ego. So Cheryl, you're awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here today.
Um, I know we've mentioned the the cheat sheet that you have available as a as a free gift for people. Could you tell us like a little bit more about what's included with that? Yeah. So go to inthekey.co slash mastering email. And it's like a six or 10 page like PDF that outlines the stages that I mentioned earlier and sort of says, how can you get started with each one of these? How can I, how can I look at technology? How can I look at gathering? It gives you a couple ideas um, and it will give you an idea of kind of where you are. It's, it's a little bit of like a checklist, like, cool, I've got this handled or, oh, I'm a little blocked here, but what else do I have? And, and I think it's a really good way to zoom out and, and see what is the next thing for you to maybe take a look at? Like, okay, cool, I've got all these emails written and maybe you've written a bunch of emails, awesome, but I don't have anyone on my list to send them to. So, all right, let's go to awareness or gathering or, and like maybe let's take a week and, and see if we can't get some people from social media over or, you know, and you'll, you'll see or like, oh, I've got a ton of people on my list. I haven't done anything with them yet. Okay, let's like resend them through your welcome series or create a welcome series. Um, cool, I have this list, but I'm definitely not making a dollar per subscriber per month. All right, let's look on monetizing. Like, what do we need to do to like gain their trust again and like nurture them a little bit? Maybe we give them a couple free things and then like offer them cool. Like it, none of it's really hard. It just is dependent upon where, where you are. So I think that this, this sheet will sort of, you'll get to see it in these just six words. Be like, okay, I'm here and that means I need to do this. Beautiful. Yeah. And I've used, I think I used this analogy with Rick Barker. We were talking about the, the idea of having like a map, you know, like of if you're looking to go somewhere, then it's before you start the journey, you want to make sure that you have a map so you can kind of see where you're at, where you're starting and then how you get to where you want to go. Um, so it sounds like this is just a resource that allows people to have that view and be able to look and be like, Oh, you know, this is kind of where I'm at. So here's where I should focus on. Yeah. Um, so I super appreciate you sharing that with our people for free. Yeah, Cheryl, you're, you're awesome. Uh, I appreciate you. And I, yeah, we didn't get super geeky on, on this, this specific interview because it might be kind of difficult to, to, you know, screen share and go into like super geeky, but I know that we're, we're kind of the same way, wavelength there. So maybe at some point we'll, we'll dig and do some sort of training where we can actually like, you know, go into some of the tech and stuff. I would love that. Yes. Fun, fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me and for uh, recreating everything I, all the points I make so that everyone gets it really clearly. I, I appreciate that. I'm like, oh, that's, you're, you're a very good listener. So I appreciate it a lot. And uh, this is really fun. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take the music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.